Jack Spierko with another edition of the Survival Podcast. As always, one man's view of the changing world, the changing times, and the things that we can all do to live a better life. If times get tough, or even if they don't. Today is Tuesday, October 16th, 2012, and this is episode 999 of the Survival Podcast. And if I sound better, I gotta tell you, I feel better. I think I choked up the last bit of crud this morning from whatever this crap is that I've had. Uh, I did the interview you're about to hear yesterday, so the voice is still weak and all, but I really feel good that I'm gonna be well, uh, for putting together the last bits of episode 1000, which should air tomorrow. It might have have to be a break in time. It might have to air on the 17th. I don't think so, though. I think I'll be able to get it up for you guys tomorrow, as promised. Uh, it's a lot of work piecing together that many calls, going through, filtering some noises out and things like that. And I have to listen to every call in full to make sure that there's not some ass clown that, you know, made a... Because there's some jerky calls in there. There's just some asshole calls in there, sad as it is. And there was one guy I caught so far that made it like a regular call and then pulled some bullshit in the middle and then finished it up like it was a regular call. So if I just scan through it, I would try to get almost like a freaking Howard Stern, Baba Booey thing. Uh, I really wish people were more mature than that, but some of them aren't. And, uh, you know, there's people out there like the coward, and the coward knows who he is. And, uh, you know, you just got to deal with those people. That's part of being in the public eye. Before I get to our interview today, which is with the awesome switched on Gregory Manorino on the economy and where we're headed with it, I want to go ahead and take care of our sponsors. Sponsor of the day number one today, Sawtooth Tactical. All the stuff you need to live that tactical lifestyle. Check them out today. Veteran-owned, veteran-operated. And why are they the Sawtooth Tactical Company? Because they're in the Sawtooth Wilderness of Idaho where they can test their gear in some of the most rugged conditions known to man. Check them out today at sawtac.com. And remember, they do provide a discount to the Members Support Brigade. You can find that in the benefits section of your member's area if you are a brigade member. Next up today, ready-made resources. Hey, you want it, they got it. Their name says who they are and what they do. All the resources you need, ready-made, ready-to-go, point-click-buy, sent to you with great shipping, great service, and great pricing. All the guys over at ready-made resources are committed to your satisfaction. When it comes to prepping, you can think of it, they got it. 12-volt products for your solar and wind projects. Got it. Check. Gardening products. Got it. Check. Tactical products. Got it. Check. Food preparation products. Got it. Check. Pre-prepared long-term food storage. Got it. Check. Got it. Everything you need. Ready-made, ready to go. Check them out today. ReadyMadeResources.com. Next up, consider going by TSP Copper. That's TSP the word copper, all one long, you know, phrase, dot com and checking out, uh, our really cool copper medallions that we have over there. TSPcopper.com, uh, that is, is run by me and all the fulfillment is done with, uh, AOCS Mint does the fulfillment side of things. Check them out today. Some really cool copper coins. Again, MSB, 10% off all your purchase of copper at TSPcopper.com. Last but not least, do consider joining that member support brigade. Hey, you'll be supporting the show. At about 20 cents an episode, if you're military law enforcement Peace Corps, you get a discount. It's right around 25%. Uh, and all you got to do is uh, email me and put service discount in the subject line and tell me who you are and what you're doing or who you are and what you did if you're prior service. And I'll send you that special discount code to thank you for your service. Everybody else, it's still a great deal. Um, if you're buying things for the preparedness industry, the homesteading industry, gardening, that stuff, I've got you covered. I've got discounts stacked in there that if you make a few purchases a year, it's going to pay for itself. Not to mention the $150 worth of free ebooks you get on day one. 
that you can download and keep forever. So it really is a product that pays for itself, and it helps pay the bills around here, and we appreciate your support through it. With that, I've got the uh, entire uh, housekeeping wrapped up in a bit early today. Again, I hope you guys can hear uh, the, the resurgence of energy, and you're about to hear Jack from yesterday who was still sick. And uh, But we're going to bring on uh, a, a new good friend of mine, a guy that I think has really got his heart in the right place. And he's doing what he's doing not to try to make a, a bunch of money because he's he's a reserve officer in the Navy. He is uh, gainfully employed as a physician, uh, a, a PA, what, the thing like almost a doctor, that thing, whatever that's called again. Is that, is that a physician's assistant or an NP, a nurse practitioner? I'm not sure which one it is, but he's got that degree. So he's he's got his full-time living. But he's a prior service analyst, stock analyst, And he, uh, he just sees what's coming so crystal clear. And he's dedicated so much of his time and effort to putting out his book, The Politics of Money, to putting out his blog and his YouTube channel, just to tell people what's going on in regular, everyday terms so that people can understand the lies that are being fed to him. And uh, he wanted to come back on and squeeze the show in this week, so I made allowances for it and brought him on yesterday. And with that, hey, Greg, welcome back to the Survival Podcast, man. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Hey, uh, I wanted to talk to you at least initially today about QE3 and kind of the research you've done and the research I've done and where we maybe agree and disagree a bit. But um, could you just give the audience like your overall synopsis on what the hell they're doing here with QE3 and what you think it's leading to? Uh, what I believe the Federal Reserve is, has been trying to do for a very long time is manipulate certain asset prices. And this new QE3 into infinity is designed to try to cause um, people and investors to move um, cash into real estate. And what they're doing is they're pulling risk from the banks. In other words, they're saying, don't worry about uh, your exposure, just package these mortgages and we're going to buy them. Um, we saw the same kind of thing happen, which led to the bubble and uh, the crash of 2008. Now, what I believe that Fed is doing, again, is first of all, we had this reinflating of the equities bubble, which burst guys post-crash of 2008. And you can see what's happening here in the market. Um, QE3 into infinity was priced in, in my opinion, and this is why we saw the market kind of roll over over the past several weeks. And, uh, and today there's a, there's a little legless rally going on here. Um, and we're seeing a significant pullback in um, gold and silver. As a matter of fact, I outlined all of this in the last several videos that I did. I, I foretold all this was going to happen. I still think that the market is going to roll over um, because, again, the Fed is trying to force um, monies into real estate to try to reinflate a bubble in housing is not going to happen. They're trying to put a hard floor into housing, and I don't think that's going to happen either. Why? Well, I don't believe that the bubble in housing was ever allowed to fully correct. The Federal Reserve jumped in there with quantitative easing one, quantitative easing two, blah, 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 um, and, you know, to try to stop the fall of housing, um, and uh, it's artificial. I still believe housing has further to fall. How much further to fall on the national level? Probably not much. Uh, it's hard to say, 10, 15 percent. 
And I mean, if someone is looking to buy a home, and I get this question a lot, is it a good time to buy? Well, look at look at the interest rates; they're historic lows. So if you have to borrow money to do it, well, then yeah, it probably isn't a bad time if you're going to sit in that house for a while. But don't look to get rich in real estate anymore. And I think this is what the Fed is trying to do: is reinflate that bubble. They were successful in reinflating an equities bubble with making monies or cash available to institutional investors at at, at zero, literally zero. So they, um, they're speculating with it in the markets, something I've been saying for the longest time is going on. The Federal Reserve is front in the markets doing that status post-crash 2008. And, and that, that cash is being leveraged through derivatives to, to the point of ridiculousness. And the exposure to, to debt is growing exponentially by these, by these institutions now. They're, they're not stupid. They know how to capitalize on this. And as this rolls over, they're going to short it all. They're going to make money on both sides of the trade. Now, who's the <laughs> and you sound, like, you sound like me now. But here's my thought on this. Like, and I want to get kind of yeah. your take on this. I don't think it's so much just trying to re- reinflate the real estate bubble. I think that's part of it. But I think there's a, a, a consorted effort right now to move the liens against the property that's most at risk over to the Federal Reserve's balance sheet so that it becomes somewhat a public debt, not really, but somewhat, and to leave behind the primo cherry-picked liens against the real property that's most likely not to go into fault. So the Fed actually is the bank, so they use their own little apparatus to pull the risk out of the private sector where they actually have to deal with it, move it over into like this pseudo-quasi-government public area, and if the Federal Reserve loses money, they actually haven't tendered any real consideration for it. So they don't really give a shit if they have a loss. They just get to keep the $40 billion instead of giving a, you know, a billion dollars worth of profit to the Treasury. They keep all $40 billion and lose $40 billion, right, at the same time. So I think that's a big part because they want to move these assets from one set of balance sheets to another. That might be true as well. And that's another thing. I mean, think about this. So the Fed has all this, this, uh, these multi-class securities on their balance sheet. Now, what, what, what are they going to do with it? Are they going to do what Bear Stearns did? Are they going to do what Lehman Brothers did? Are they going to go out there and they're going to offer these, these, um, securities for, um, for sale, in other words, to other investors? They're going to, what are they, they're going to take these, they're going to, they're going to market these by, by risk, by, by, um, you know, basically put these things into tranches here and they're going to sell these off. Um, to other investors. And this is exactly what Bear Stearns did, exactly what Lehman Brothers did. I mean, who knows where this is actually going to go? I don't even think they know at this particular point. Clearly, I think that, of course, they have a plan, and they're going to make it work to their their benefit, not the people's benefit. We know that for a fact. Absolutely. And Yeah. And, and you know, that's what bothers me the most, is the people are once again being made to suffer, and it's it, Exactly what you just said. They're, they're going to take this, they're going to add it to the public debt, and, 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 and the people, again, are going to get, you know, screwed over. Uh, and it's just a terrible situation. They're going to cross the board in a situation where we are now moving into QE4, which people Absolutely. don't even think about. Yeah. You know, it's, it's unbelievable. What is the Fed going to do when, Q, when, this, when this Operation Twist nonsense ends at the end of the year? Well, they have to keep interest rates down, right? They, we already know Ben said he's going to keep them low till 2015 at least. So how does he do that? Well, he has to get into the market. He can't just say it. He has no magical powers. So he has to get into the market and continue to buy long-term bonds. And who's going to be, bear the brunt of that? 
Well, the people are as well. Um, it, it's, it's, it's incredible. I don't think we've ever, I mean, I know for a fact that we have never witnessed this before in the history of the United States, in the history of the world, and, and, and people seriously need to go fall back on something that they know has held value for thousands of years, and that is what? Gold and silver. To protect themselves in this environment. I can't imagine a better way to protect yourself, can you? It's crazy. Uh, the only thing I would add to that is real property and anything productive. Anything that provides... Oh, well, that we have, yes. There's no right. doubt. I mean, that's the whole thing. You just hit the nail so squarely on the head. We need to start producing things in this country. We're, this, this debt-based economic model in the United States, based upon unrelenting consumption, has to end. And it will end forcefully. We have to make things in this country. We need to totally change our, our, our lifestyle and our way of thinking and start making things and producing things. That's it. Otherwise, the, well, the United States, unfortunately, psycho, in my opinion, is all as, as, as the biggest consumer in the world. And now we have to become a producer like China has done. China is the model that we need to be following. But China, China is switching over to a consumption-based economy. So it's almost like a role reversal that's going yep. on here. Yep, it's, and, and I, yeah. you, I think you saw my video where I pointed out that the Chinese government is doing the exact opposite with its citizens that the U.S. are. And just before anybody gets all upset, neither one of us are advocating the socialist component there. We're just saying the economic blueprint they're laying out is a better play than ours is. But they're telling their citizens, not only is it okay to own silver, go do it, and you can bank on silver. And if you try to do that in this country, it's almost impossible to do. I know. And it's very interesting how their the take uh, over there is, you know, people should be holding a precious metal. And, but here, it, it's, it's insane how it's kind of like frowned upon and kind of like, you know, they, they, they want people to be able to make We're all tinfoil hatters with our gold and our MREs, right? I mean, that's how we get paid. Oh. Exactly. It's very scary. And I'll tell you something else that's even scarier is there are money managers out there um, who, who, who believe this and they're in control of people's, people's funds, people's cash and how it's allocated. That scares the parents off me. Um, they have no conception of where they need to be putting people's assets and meanwhile they're in control of it. Many, many money managers out there are, are of that mindset. They don't, they have the old set of rules in their head and their old set of rules is not working anymore. There's a whole new set of rules that is being written as we speak. And part of that is people need to be allocated at least to a, to a, I think to a large percentage in their portfolios with regard to a person's mouth, the physical stuff. Well, you know, you got the one thing you just brought up there is rules and, and money. Man the most money in this, this country, most money in the world today is managed through mutual funds. And the, the, the American people as a total and the developed world has been sold a lot on a mutual fund. Tell me if this sounds familiar to you. Well, the people that are running this fund really research the companies and they, they pick them as though they were buying them for themselves because they actually are. They actually go into these companies and determine blah, blah, blah. And they make it sound like this guy every day that's managing this fund is overseeing every single trade, every single share, and that they're going to do the best thing they can with your money. But if that fund happens to be a mid-priced stock fund or a capital appreciation fund or a, a, a growth and income fund. Well, there's only so many companies and so many vehicles that fit that description by the rules. 
And when they saw this collapse coming, the fund manager, even if he wanted to go to cash and gold to protect his clients, cannot do it inside that fund. All he can do is pick the best horses in that team, so to speak, and sit there and take the punch in the face. And therefore, all of his clients take the punch in the face. And when they start freaking out, they start selling their funds to go to safety. The only thing he can do is sell the stocks, right, to, to fulfill the orders. And all that does is drive the market further down. And people think that this guy, this genius that's running their mutual fund, is going to do the best he can with their money. And the reality is he's all, it's almost like connected dots. There's only so many things he can do. That's absolutely true. And I think it bothers me more than anything than anything, is these money managers and these fund managers, they get paid regardless of how it's, how this whole thing plays out. They don't get paid based on performance, and that is wrong in my opinion. And so, if, so in many, many ways, they don't care. They're getting paid either way. I, I, and I don't think that's right. I think that's why people need to be more responsible for their own wealth and understand and to be more educated as to what they need to do. I don't know. I mean, that's kind of what my mission is in my, you know, with my book and with my uh, my blog. And you too, I'm certain of it. You know, it's like we, we need to start taking responsibility for ourselves across the board here uh, in, in this country. And I understand that we can't rely on, uh, on money managers and fund managers to always look out for our best hmm. interests because they're not going to do that. You know, that's a great point, Greg. I just had a guy write in about two weeks ago, and he or Colin, I think, actually, and wanted to know, you know, how do I find a financial advisor that will actually do the right thing with my money because I don't have time to manage my own money? And in my response, I probably went over the top. I kind of snapped at the guy and basically said, if you don't give a shit about your money, don't look for anybody else to give a shit about your money. The guys that are really good at managing money do not work with people at our, our pay grade, right? They're working with people that are worth $10, 20000000 million. And they are protecting their clients' money right now, those guys. The guys we qualify for at the consumer level are relationship salesmen, and you've got to take responsibility for your own money because they're not going to do it. No, they're not going to do it. They're going to just do exactly what you said. They're going to say, okay, we're going to do this, that, and the other thing. They're going to ride this out. They're still going to get paid even if the fund underperforms or loses money or whatever it might be. And that's just not the right way that this this model works. Something needs to be done about that as well. I mean, on 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 a pan scale, things need to be redone here. And I do believe that people just need to start to realize they're responsible for their their own money, their own their own everything, their own lives. And I think that's a big problem um, here, especially in the United States. People don't want to take responsibility for their own lives. And going back to what you just were talking about, the socialized government. So, well, people in, in in this country, I think that they don't realize, but that's what's happening here. And and we need to get away from that. That is not a prosperous environment. We need to let capitalism work. And people say, oh, capitalism is the problem. Capitalism isn't the problem. It's the anti-capitalism that's the problem. We need a free market, once again, which has been absolutely stolen, stolen by the Federal Reserve and the current administration. It's been going on for quite a while. And and, and this, this reset, which I sincerely believe is coming, this, this pan-global uh, collapse because of the failure of the monetary system, which is happening right before our eyes, is going to be the reset. Uh, and it's it's uh, it's going to be epic. It's going to be. Epic. Let's talk about that end game there, because I think a lot of people are under the misconception, at least in my view, that like mm -hmm. the Fed's doing what it can and it's just stupid, and they're doing everything they can to make it work. <laughs> 
And that one day this is all going to fall apart, and everybody's going to stand around looking at each other like, why? I didn't know this was going to happen. And they might do that on TV, right? But my belief is there's absolutely no way the people that created this system are so stupid that they don't know what they're doing, and the end game is planned. Now, whether it plays out exactly like they have it planned or not, you know, no battle plan survives contact with the enemy, but they kind of know where they're taking this thing, and this reset you're speaking of, I think that's their, like, their, like the whole QE3, QE4, QE cubed, or whatever the hell it's going to be next, is a plan <laughs> to set themselves up for this reset to be in the best position they can be in when it happens, which means to put the public in the worst position it can be. Without a doubt. That's exactly what's happening at this particular point. I believe that. But think about think about this. We, we understand, and it's the most crazy thing, that the issue is debt. What are they doing to try to get us out of this debt issue? Well, we're getting more debt to it. Borrow more. Now, why? Why are they forcing uh, countries to take bailouts, or companies to take bailouts? Because this money that's being printed out of thin air to finance these bailouts, they're going to collect interest on it, again, with money printed out of thin air. So that's really what it's all about. And they're fostering this with purpose now. And that purpose is they understand that we are at the end game regarding currency and the ability to take on any more debt. But they're continuing to fuel the problem. So how do we protect ourselves? Again, we come full circle. We need to do what the central banks are doing and acquire gold and acquire silver in this environment. There is no better place, and I get this question almost 100 times a day. Greg, where do I put my money? Greg, what should I do with my money? And, and uh, well, they're cash. And that is to bet against currency because we know for a fact it's being crushed and we understand that the debt bubble is going to burst. It has to burst. This is not even a subject of debate because every single economic and financial bubble throughout history has burst. They always burst. They have to burst because they rise above a level that can be sustained by any means and where they are now. So by betting against currency, you are putting yourself in the best possible position, in my opinion, to capitalize on the situation just like they're doing because the bigger they can inflate the bubble with debt, the bigger the crash is going to be on the opposite side and the, the, the larger amount of wealth is going to be created on one side of that equation and the other side is where everyone else is going to get crushed. The people yeah, that are not I, wise situation. I agree completely. I think that like part of what people don't really get about this, and I think it's where people are going to get hurt, is because they have to make stupid reactive decisions with things and, and, and they expect that this thing will just fall apart tomorrow morning or something like that. And I don't think you or I are really saying, I know what the timeline to this is. And the way I describe it is this Keynesian economics coupled with a debt-based currency model is like a cancer, but it's like a contagious cancer. It kills, it must mm -hmm. die, but it's not like Ebola, like where you get it today and you're dead tomorrow. And I think a lot of people in the alternative media space are, are pitching it that way. This is it. This is the end. And we, and, and like, you know, when you kill a wild beast and it's going down and it's thrashing around, it can do a lot of damage in that death spiral. And I think people are maybe going to let themselves get a little too close to the edge with it because they have this belief that, you know, uh, the big prediction now is as soon as the election's over, it's going to collapse. So. I hope you've shorted every stock on planet Earth if you really believe that. Well, no, I haven't. Well, why not? I don't know. So, you know what I mean? Yes. I, I, I think what people need to do, and this is what I, I 
advise people to do, honestly, is to limit their exposure at this time to risky assets. And, um, you know, in, at, at this particular time, you know, I think people should be a little leery about having exposure to equities at this point. What's wrong with locking in a profit if you have that, have a profit in your, in your a long position and just sitting in the sidelines and either riding this out and look, allocate those funds, at, you know, at a, diff, at a different time, at a more, um, you know, a time where we can actually be more precise and understand where this is going. Because right now, there's so much uncertainty right now with regard to, to the equity markets. I mean, we've got so much going on. We've got the elections coming up. We've got fiscal cliff coming up. We have debt, debt downgrades that are coming up. There's no doubt about that. We, we have debt ceiling issues. You name it, we have it. So in this type of environment, people need to start, start thinking about, okay, you know what? I want to limit my exposure to risky assets. And, I mean, that's personally what I am doing at this time. And uh, I don't want anyone to lose a dime. I want people to understand how this plays out, how it's going to play out. And like you say, we don't know an exact timeline, but we have an idea of what's going on. So with that knowledge, we should be able to make pretty accurate well, predictions on where or, or, or guesses, I guess, as to where we should be allocating our funds so we can kind of make this all work for us because this situation is very unique. And because of that, I think fortunes are going to be made and, and lost as well. But if people are just mindful of what the end game is here, and the end game is, in my opinion, a new monetary system. The one we're in now is failing. So if we understand that, we can position ourselves correctly and, and, and make it work and, and gain wealth from it. But what's wrong with that? What is wrong with that? I don't know. It's nothing. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it as long as you play it right. And I think that part of what you said earlier, though, that I think people really need to kind of be hit over the head with this day and age is you were saying, like, why are they loaning more money to do this? And there's the interest component and, and, and the wealth generation they get out of that because it doesn't cost them anything. But there's, a, there's another fundamental reason there that I don't think people really understand. And a, 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 a currency system backed by a real asset, whether it's gold or land or anything like that, if I want to create more money, then I have to amass more materials. If I want more money in the treasury, I have to dig more gold out of the ground and put it into a vault. In a society like we have today, if I want more money in circulation, someone has to lend it. It is the only way that new money gets created in a debt-backed currency. So when people say, well, why are they loaning money? It's because they need more of it, and it's the only way to get it. Because it's not like if you said to me, Jack, can I borrow 100 bucks till next week? Well, I pull a Ben out, right, out of my wallet, and I hand it to you. But that's not what they do. They literally create the bill with the loan. So they have to loan it to have more. Exactly. That's exactly true. And then they, they, and the most bizarre thing about it is, is it's such a Ponzi scheme. They print this money to all the central banks. They disperse it just, I don't know, like it's going out of style, because it is going out of style, in my opinion. And... They, they, then that money starts to acquire interest, which they print out of thin air. If that is the definition of a Ponzi scheme, then what is? It's insane. It's absolutely insane. I don't well, know. I think, uh, I think they're going to do worse with it. Like, cause, like one of the things I left out of my first two videos in my series was the fact that, okay, so if, uh, if you're Bank of America and I'm Ben Bernanke and I'm buying $40 billion worth of mortgage-backed securities a, a month, I might come to you, and as a big player, I might buy $5 billion worth from you with my journal entry, and I take the money away. Well, now you have $5 billion new dollars. 
Well, if you don't have five billion loans that are worthy of making into that real estate market that's trying to reinflate, what are you going to do? Just going to you know sit on the other four billion or three billion? No, you're going to invest it somehow. You're going to so some of it gets forced into the government securities, some of it gets forced into municipal securities because they got to turn that debt over. But what do you do with the other billion bucks? Well, you go buy stocks with it. And collectively, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, et cetera, can drive the, the this false, this legless recovery in the market, and they can take short positions on the backside the whole time they're doing it, right? Yes, and they're going to do that too. And you know, just going back to what you said, and if you, this is, it's sort of bizarre if you think about it. So we understand, like, just let's just talk about this forty billion dollars a month mortgage-backed securities. They, they, what they're doing, it, it, it should be illegal. I mean, think about it. They're, they're printing money out of thin air to buy these to securitize their debt. In other words, they're, they're, they're printing this out of thin air, and they're actually buying real assets with it. It's, it's just bizarre. It's such a, a bizarre system, and this is why it can't work. And this well, is see, why that's, has, that, that's yeah. what I'm saying, though, Greg. Like people think like this, the whole system is going to collapse. Where I think what's going to happen is they're going to screw the people, and they're going to end up with more than ever because yes, they're printing the money out of thin air. But they're buying, they're getting their money out of dollars into real hard assets. They're using them. It's like Chinese are doing the same thing, but they're just doing it smarter than we are, where they're having their people do it too. Where we're over here, we just have the banking cartel exchanging their monopoly money for real assets. So at the end of the day, when they finally go reset, hit the button, we're sitting on a bunch of worthless paper and they're sitting on everything of value that they can get their hands on between now and then. I, I think that's exactly true, and again, that people will suffer for, for that. It's just so crazy for me to, to sit back and really think about how bizarre the whole situation is, because the people, the, this, the system is based on a relentless acquisition of debt, which we understand cannot be sustained, and the people are in debt up to their eyeballs, past their eyeballs, and they're they're slaves. They're now slaves to this debt, and the central banks of the world and the, the, the federal government want to keep people in that mindset so they can manipulate their behavior, they can understand what they're going to do. Because if people have no alternative but to to constantly worry about where they're going to get that next dollar from, that's going to be printed out of thin air, that's their sole drive. They, they're unable to be creative. They're unable to do things that they want to do. And people are so indoctrinated into this school of debt that they can't break out of it. And this is the main issue that we have. Why, on a global level, we're experiencing such such a, it's a terrible time for people where austerity is being forced on people that couldn't pay back initial debts, but meanwhile they're adding more debt to it. And this is going to happen here in the United States as well. And like I mean, just going back to what you said before, so we have the Federal Reserve buying real things with money being printed out of thin air, and the people are going to bear the brunt of that debt. Meanwhile. It's being held in physical form by the Federal Reserve. It, it, it's absolutely bizarre. It's absolutely bizarre, um, and it cannot end good, in my opinion. It cannot end good. Now, on the end game, this is kind of where I think they're, what they're trying to do right now. Whether they're able to pull it off or not, I, I don't know if they will. But I like when I put out my videos, I said, why QE3 will work? And I had a lot of smart-ass commenters that can't possibly have listened to what I said, saying, you know, it worked in Zimbabwe, right? And I'm not saying that. But I think that the goal is to create an illusion of recovery stronger than anything we've seen thus far. They can do it by manipulating unemployment numbers, whatever. I think what people don't realize in this country is that we can have what looks like a recovery just because people believe it to be so.
if they'll start spending the money again, if they'll go out there and do it. And to me, that's like the casino boss is going, okay, guys, look, um, we're about to, we're about to just uh, leave everybody holding chips and leave with the cash. And we've run this scam. People are starting to look behind the counter and realize that there's more chips than cash. But what we got to do, we want to load the tables up one more time. We want to really load it up. We're going to start setting the slots so they pay out a little higher for a couple hours, and we're going to start letting the blackjack guy hold hold when he should, you know, stand when he should take a hit, and we're going to let them win a little bit more. We're going to get it really going. The slots are loose, and we're going to get everybody buying into this shit. And when they buy into it, that's when we're going to start exiting our positions. We need enough of their money coming in that we can slowly exit ours on the backside without pulling it down too much. So when we pull the plug and it finally drops. Our hands are clean, we're gone, and they're all standing around looking at each other holding poker chips. And I think that's the agenda. We want this one more cycle, and when it busts, like this is the big thing people don't get about boom and bust. When it busts this time, you bust the debt bubble, What? there is nothing to inflate next. you got to start over, right? Yes. I, 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 your scenario, I think, is exactly right. And as a matter of fact, um, I talk about this at length in my book, how it's perception that is all that matters to at this particular time. The, the people they want people people to understand or perceive that things are getting better. It's all about manipulation of the, of their thought process, and it goes back to how they're debt slaves. If you can understand how people think, you can manipulate everything that they do very easily. And this is a pump and dump. We go from bubble to bubble. We had the dot-com bubble. When that burst, we had an equities housing bubble. When that burst, they reinflated an equities bubble, and they're trying to put a floor into housing right now and maybe create some type of a, a housing recovery. Uh, I still don't think it's going to work to a certain degree because the interest rates are already so low. And anyone I believe who was looking to buy a home at this particular time has already done it. You know, so if they if they push the rates down another fraction of a percentage point, what do you think people are going to do? They're going to go rushing to buy homes? No, there's obviously something else going on here, and it has to do with the the Federal Reserve securitizing their debt to protect. What, what about what about lending requirements? Like it's a lot harder to lo- to buy to borrow money today than it was five years ago. It, it, and if somebody trying to buy an, another house right now, I know that for a fact. I can get it done, but it's far more difficult. So oh, if, if, if Uncle Ben's going, hey, man, I got your back, sell me all your shit, do you think maybe that that's another play that they can make is loosen that stuff up again? So Because it's not a huge number of people, but there's a fairly large block of people that are – interest rates are low, the prices are good, and they're ready to spend the money, and they're right on that edge where they can't quite get the loan. And if you let that floodgate through for just a second, does it create – this illusion that the market's recovered and create this confidence, confidence man con job, basically. Exactly, but I think that the, the, the fly in the ointment here is inflation. I think mm. people are starting to wake up to the fact that everything is becoming more expensive or they're shrinking the sizes of the products in the stores. Have you been seeing this? Lately? Oh, yeah. It's incredible. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I'm shocked. I was shop- shopping just a couple of weeks ago with my wife. I'm more like, what happened to this bar of soap? Look how small it's gotten. The price is the same. I mean, but it's just, it's, it's unbelievable. And I think that people are starting to turn a corner and are getting somewhat fearful about the, I mean, even the mainstream media outlets are starting to address this issue. They're like, hey, you know, we have inflation is an issue, inflation is an issue. And we understand at this particular time, think about this. 
The Federal Reserve has pushed all of this to the side. They don't care anymore about inflation. They're, all they're caring about right now is, is, is buying, you know, a fixed amount of, of securities every month, $40 billion, and then, you know, into infinity, not caring how, what that's going to do to the value of the currency. So we understand it has to have a bad, a bad effect on it because it's diluting it. So what is that going to do? Everything's going to become more expensive. People, I think, are not that dumb. I would hope to think they're not that dumb. And they're waking up to the fact that inflation is coming. Now, people will argue. They'll go, hey, you know, we haven't, with all this money printing, with all this going on for the past few years, we haven't really seen... Yeah, money where is it? It's not here. Yeah. Well, yeah, people say that, and I understand that, because obviously either they don't shop or they don't buy fuel or whatever it might be, but... It, there's always a lag. It doesn't come right away. It takes a little while for that money to reach the the, um, the the person who's holding those dollars for many, many, many reasons. One of them is there's no money velocity, so money's not changing hands. The economy is dead, so again, there's no movement of money, and the banks are being paid to keep extra money in reserve. This yeah. cannot last. At one point, it will make its way into the general circulation, and people are going to have monumental inflation. And then the other fly in the ointment here is the these dollars that are being held by governments and countries around the world that are getting sick of holding on to the dying asset. And they, when they dump these things, they're going to come back to the United States and we're going to have even greater inflation. That's the issue. And but I think that's it for a lot of people, though, Greg, where people don't see it. So the, the 2008-2009 crisis hit. A lot of people, when that happened, were scared shitless they were going to lose their job. They really got scared. They protected some of their money, or they rode through it because their financial liar told them to. They came out the other side, they didn't lose their job. They were one of the, you know, most people didn't lose their job, even though a tremendous number of people did. You know, let more people still had a job than didn't. So they kept their job, but they got scared. They cut back a little at Christmas time that first year. They had one of the cars coming up to be paid off. Instead of trading it in, they paid the car off. They got rid of one car payment. They got scared they paid off a credit. And like if you look at the debt clock and you look at the personal debt, you see it declining in like credit card debt, consumer debt going down. People are paying it off. People can't get new loans. They paid off one of the cars. They paid off one of the credit cards. Now they're sitting there with one car payment and one credit card payment. And they have this extra money, right? They, they don't really see the benefit of, except it's kept them level, so they don't realize the can of Starkist went up 40 cents. So they feel like it's still the same, even though they're not, you see what I'm saying? So like, like now the money's not going out, it's going in a different bucket, but it feels the same to them, so it can't be that bad. I think that's how a lot of people are right now. Maybe. I, I think that's possibly true, too. And I, I just really hope that people are just smartening up and starting to realize that they need to, you know, save, and they need to again go back to what you said in the beginning of this this uh, whole thing here is is produce things and start to think along those lines. And I think if people can put those two aspects together, we can turn this around. But it's not going to happen until there is this whole you know restructuring of the the economic financial situation and an understanding that this, that base model isn't working. It can't work. We're at the end. We've been hearing about this for decades. Oh, our children are going to have to pay. Oh, our children are going to have to pay. Well, you know what? You're we are our children, right? <laughs> exactly. We're children. Uh, we're, we're, we are those people that now um, are responsible for Because Another way to think about it is this, and it goes back to what we were talking about, how the debt bubble. When the debt bubble bursts, 
at that moment, the entire bill becomes payment due in full. And because we don't have the monies or the cash to pay that bill off in full, well, what do you think happens? Default across the board and an absolute collapse of the monetary system. This is how it's going to play out. I can't imagine another way that it will. Uh, and people don't understand that. Oh, the debt bubble is going to burst. Well, what does that actually mean? That means the bill is due at that moment. We don't have the money to pay it. Well, don't you think you do this then, right? So you've loaded up on gold. All your crony bankers have loaded up on gold. You've sucked the wealth out of the people. You're sitting holding liens against property. You're holding lots of lots of gold. Some of those liens against property are against timberland and ag land as well. All of a sudden, that has more value into it. You come up with a new currency system, and you do something stupid like uh, $1,500 or $15,000 an ounce against an ounce of gold. You revalue the currency in that model. You stick the money back in the economy. And everybody goes, well, they're not going to accept it. Well, they all have a, people don't have a choice. And the way the government enforces that, it says, you know what? The money is real because we'll take it in lieu, it will take it as part of your, ta- is your taxes. And if they have to, they go out and seize resources and they sell them into the economy using the new currency. So I, in the survival community, I deal with all of these people that are convinced when the economy collapses, everything will just go away and it'll be like Little House on the Frickin' Prairie that they're not going to have a replacement in the, in the left hand. And, and to me, they're not just going to have a replacement. They're gonna, it's going to be like when you were a kid and your mom says, yeah, it tastes like shit, but it's good medicine, eat it. Right? That that's, that's, that's the end game here. That is the end game. That's exactly what they're going to do is what they always do. They're, they're gonna, they're gonna, this whole thing is going to just come apart, like you said, and then they're going to they're see how people react. Same scenario like they always do, and then they're going to offer a solution. And that solution is, is going to not be a good one for the people, but people will accept it because that's all they have. It's, it's incredible. It really is incredible to think about that it, it will play out like that. And it, it's also incredible to think that still, even though some people, I think, are waking up to the situation, that most are not. And that is what scares me the most, is those people are going to be blindsided by it, and they're going to go, wow, everything I've worked for is now gone. Uh, what, what is, how am I going to survive? How am I going to eat? Uh, and it, it's just bizarre to think about how... That, this is why I think people like you and I are on such a mission, to try to say, hey, you know, please, everyone, look at what's going on. Open your eyes, and let's do something about it now while we can, because I believe, and I think you believe as well, that that window of opportunity is closing rapidly. Yeah, it is. And see, that's my next question for you, because this is one I don't have an answer from, because neither one of us pretend to have the timeline. But what do you think the, what is the catalyst that takes us from everything's okay to, oh shit, everything's not okay? What what causes, like, I think both of us believe it's like a, a long travel down a black hole that's been happening forever, and it's it's, it's all part of the process. But there's a day where instead of you know 10% of the population getting it, 51% of the population gets it. And when that happens, we're done. That's critical mass. What is the indicator? What is, what is the thing that creates that tra- chain reaction? When do we get there? I think it comes down to the two basic principles that drive pretty much everything, and that's greed and fear. And once people lose faith in the monetary system, they realize it's not working. And there's thought, you see, this is why there's a media blackout going on here in the United States. I don't know about other countries of the world. I do hear from friends of mine, especially over in Europe, to see the same thing is going on over there. But you're not allowed to see what's 
actually going on over here, what actually is going on in the Middle East, because, again, they're trying to affect perception. Because once people start to lose faith in the system, this fake system, that's it. That's party over right there. But when is that going to happen? Well, I think when people start to see that the debt is being continually fueled and getting greater and greater, uh, if you look at the long-term charts with regard to the bond market, the 30-year especially, it's in a bubble. And that is, I think, is going to hyperinflate over the next several months. And I think if we stay on the current trajectory that we are on, that bubble is going to burst in a matter of a month, Jack. And that's scary. Because that means yeah. it's party over at that point. Yeah, I mean, look at it this way. Let's say you were, uh, I don't know, 80 years old, right? And, and I wanted to, to, to loan you money. And I said, you don't have to pay it back for 30 years. And, but I want you to pay a, a 50% interest rate. You'd probably do it because you don't give a shit because you're not going to pay it because you're going to be dead. And I think that, <laughs> right? You don't care. You Sure, 50%, 80%. I don't care. It's not going to be my problem. I'm 80 30 years from now, I'm going to be 110. If I am around, do what you can, right? And I think that we're getting into this mindset, a very dangerous curve in the mindset of the politician where they're going, well, we might as well do whatever we want to with it because it's, it, 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 it doesn't matter because it's going to collapse anyway. So we might as well make the best of it while it's here. And to me, that turns a scary corner. It, it, it definitely does do that. And I think that that's what, well, most people have a very difficult time even thinking long-term. Most people live in the moment. And that's the problem with people's mindset, is they're unable to think outside the box. And that's why so many people are going to be blindsided by this. They don't realize that that a a little, I don't even know how to put this, uh, like like an earthquake is is coming, and they're unable to see it. But when it comes, when it hits at that moment, people aren't going to be ready. For it, it's just going to all of a sudden just like be like a like a whammo kind of thing, and people are going to start to see this accelerate faster and faster and faster. And 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 that is my fear. Um, again, going back to, I think there's going to be massive social unrest because of that. And I, again, civil wars, regional wars, and probably a global war. Why is the global war coming? Because the petrodollar is being threatened. We understand that as well. U.S. dollar is losing its status as a reserve currency. People think, oh, it's not going to happen you know, for another forever or never maybe, but it's, it's, the writing is on the wall. And we are also... I see a big threat there with China basically positioning itself so eloquently they, what people don't understand right now is they go, well, you know, we're screwed because we owe so much money to China. Well, we're not. There's an old saying, if I owe you a dollar, I have a problem. If I owe you $100 million, you have a problem, right? So, so we owe them so much, they can't afford for us to go down right now. We'll suck them down with us. But they're decoupling. Every day they're decoupling a bit more where they can go, so what? You owe us $2 trillion. We don't give a shit. Take it. We don't care. Right, because we got our gold, we got our mines, we got our agriculture, we got our 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 lock, stock, and barrel contracts with all the net exporters of food around us. We don't need, we don't default. We don't give a shit. We're not loaning you any more money. And then I think the other default that nobody talks about that the uh, the Keynesianite right tries to say mitigates this is we owe about eight trillion dollars of the current sixteen trillion to ourselves. Right, we owe it, it back to Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, etc. We have about $222 trillion of unfunded long-term obligations that, that fit that same vein. But what happens, they say, well, you just default to yourself. Well, what that means is your grandma going without her Social Security, right? That means that all of the people that have depended on having this, this, this component as part of their retirement, 
it goes away or gets cut in half or whatever they have to do to make the formula work when they install the new currency. Yes, I think you're exactly right. I think people don't realize exactly what you just said. The problems are much, much bigger than the sovereign debt that we have. Here we have these, these um, Social Security and all these other uh, unfunded liabilities. There's, there's, not, there's no money in them. They're, they're broke. They're, where, where are they going to get the funds? They're going to print it out of thin air. Again, and it brings us full circle. So more got, got it, we don't, you and I don't know when that breaks, but we also we do know it does break. You can, at some point, people go, no, no more. I, you, you can't just keep printing it. And then well, the shitstorm hits, right? It's cracking now. And this is what and we're seeing this whole thing unfold. It's, it's amazing and sad to watch what's going on over there in, in Europe. I have a lot of European friends, and I hear from them almost every day. And I, I get to hear from them firsthand what's really going on over there. Although we can't see it on the mainstream media outlets, it's completely blackout. It's very scary. But the main issue is here in the United States, and they're doing a great idea, taking a great a job of taking the eye off the ball. But the problem when it comes here, I, I, I don't even know what people are going to do. I just know it's going to get very ugly as we move forward. I've watched the gasoline prices on my corner go up a few cents every single day over the past couple of weeks, and people are already starting to complain. And even Las Vegas, where I live, I mean, relatively, the, the gas prices aren't that bad. On my corner right now, it's $3.86 for a regular. Just last week, it was three seventy-six. It's incredible. Yeah. And this is the wake-up. People are going to say, this is when people start to get hit in the pocketbook. That is going to be their problem. And again, that's when they're going to make it their own problem and start to wake up. Because people think this is all going to be taken care of, and our government has our interest in um, in their you know spectrum. But that's not true. They have their own. And that's the other thing. When this whole system actually goes down, the government goes into survival mode. And then, you know, people are, again, forced into what? Austerity and all kinds of other issues, playing into exactly what you just said with the whole, with the issues regarding retirement. And, oh, this is what you have to do now. You have no choice. Yeah. And that's exactly how this is going to play out. And and people say, well, when that happens, it'll be chaos everywhere, and it'll be sea to shining sea without rule of law, and the government will just try and blow away. And I'm like, no, they're going to put the boot on the throats. And, you know, I had one guy on YouTube that did a response to one of my videos on that. I said, you know, there's 300-plus million Americans, and there's only 4 million soldiers. And But my response is, okay, well, let's let's look at those 300 million Americans, and who's capable of what? There's tens of millions of people that are 65-plus. They're not going to be burning down buildings and, and what have you. There's a whole there's tens of millions of them that are like under 12, right? Then there's tens and tens of millions of people that live in rural communities that are not going to travel to Chicago to burn a building down. So you end up with a few tens of millions of people left that'll do the most damage, and you have things like APCs in the hands of local law enforcement all over the country right now. And, and most people that haven't ever been in the military have no idea. With a crowd of people armed with, you know, even with guns, what one APC could do to a crowd like that if they chose to do so. And so what we're going to see is these these pockets of complete social unrest, but they'll put it down. And they'll put it down really, really hard. And that'll, I think to me that's going to be part of how they force the new apparatus, the new financial paradigm onto the people go, we can't have this. I know this sucks, but it's it's better than the alternative. Like, you know, Bush, right? We have to destroy the free market to save it. Uh, the same type of logic used. There's no doubt about it. And that's exactly what they're preparing for now. Why are the police being militarized in every state in the Union? Why are they 
what do they have now? Military weapons, military tactics. They know what's happening. Why are we having drones patrol the sky and over America? Why do we have cameras in every corner? They are very aware of where this is going and how this is going to play out. And, you know, people don't ask the questions. Why? Are the regular police no good? Why do we need militarized police now? Why do we need drones to patrol the skies? Is it to protect us against terrorism? It's to protect us, protect the government in many ways against the, the uprising of the people, which is coming. It's like the continuity of government plan run amok, gone to the extreme. You know, the oh, original concept exactly. was if we're hit with Russia's nuclear bombs, the core functional components of the government and military need to continue. And now it's like, if the people won't accept what we want, we have to be able to continue with that. And it's it's very scary, because even though I'm not a huge fan of Glenn Beck, one of the things he said that's always resonated with me is if the technology we have today was in the hands of Germany in 1930, there wouldn't be a Jewish human being around on this planet today. And, and that's the type of power these ass clowns wield. And uh, an ass clown with power is da- is an ass clown, but a dangerous ass clown. Yes, it's very, it's incredible. It's so incredible, my friend. It, it's so scary, and the times we are living in is you know, it's 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 almost hard to imagine that we're here now at, at this time here, and how this is really at this time being set up and fueled with purpose. And at this time, we are moving backward in time, and that is to a two-tier society of the haves and have-nots. Middle class will not exist in a few years. And I outlined this at length, how this will put out my book, Politics of Money. I sincerely believe that completely. Middle class finished uh, as we move forward. I think it's more along the lines of like, what will it, like to be middle class will be be poor. Like to me, the middle always has to exist in, in a mathematical component because there's going to be people that have nothing, and there's going to be people that stay there because they won't do anything. They won't even work with the system they have, and then there'll be the majority of people that will do their very best and still be miserable. But what we've accepted middle class to mean today is two cars in the in the in the driveway, a couple kids, picket fence you know, all the activities, and there'll still be this component that makes up the majority of society that's a little bit better off than the guy living in a refrigerator box, but it won't mean what it means today. So that oh, instead cool. of the people falling from the middle to the lower class, it's like the class structure is literally shifting behind everybody. Yes, I mean, if you, if you think about it, status post-crash of 2008, where the aggregate public lost 38% of their wealth this next crash, which is being set up right now, and this is why I advise people to limit your exposure to to risky assets at this time, is they're going to get another 38% of it. Um, and and I'm, I'm certain that this is their plan. Why uh, have they reinflated? Why have they taken the free market away from us? It's something that cannot last. And the free market is too big. At one point, it will be the free market that dictates interest rates, that dictates asset prices across the board, because that's its sole job, is to determine fair market prices for assets. And when that that day comes, that's going to be the day of reckoning for, for a lot of things. And the, the Federal Reserve and their... <laughs> The people that are involved in the Federal Reserve, we don't know who they are. Obviously, we can speculate. They're all going to capitalize on this and sure. at the expense, again, of the people. It's so bad, it, what's happening now. And you I know, really wonder 
how it's going to play out. Uh, you have a great there. point with the market creating the day of reckoning, and I, this is like the day of reckoning I don't think people are even aware of. Right now, you can buy a pound of corn for like 40 cents, right? It, it's like, it's ridiculous, even with mechanization and all, that a pound of corn is like 40 or 50 cents. Mm-hmm. One day, the market is going to say, you know what, a pound of corn, it takes a lot more input and energy and effort and labor than 40 cents represents. And even if we say, well, it's subsidized at 50% and it's really 80 cents or a dollar. If you've ever grown a pound of corn, you know that it would take a lot more than a dollar to get you to do it for a living. You know, to, to, to do it the way it really has to be done. And then market is going to say, that corn's worth 10 bucks. And that car is worth a lot more than you pay for it, but nobody can pay for it because nobody can get credit. So now, even though it's worth more, it's worth intrinsically less because nobody can buy it. And if those two kind of things swing the pendulums the opposite way at the same time, then you're in a place where the most expensive items in the world become somewhat worthless because you can't sell it. And the things that we look at of being cheap and easily and freely available become the most prized possessions because at least you can scrape up enough to buy enough to make it till tomorrow. Yes, that's absolutely true. And I think what is going to happen here is when the market rolls over, and we can see what's going on right now. This, this, I don't even know what's going on today. Earlier, the market think was up 86, but this is this rally's got no legs in my opinion. It's got no volume. And uh, here we're up 94 points right now. And uh, and gold and silver are taking a little bit of a beating here, and uh, I want people to embrace that. Those of you out there that are owning gold and silver, uh, use this as an opportunity to acquire more of this stuff. Uh, don't get shook up about it. Um, but this this whole thing with uh, with stocks is not going to uh, it's not going to last. We've seen this QE3 priced into the markets rolling over. I plotted this for my subscribers in my videos. I do this all the time. I would do market updates. And uh, in my opinion, it's it's going down. It's uh, it's not going up. It, it, despite the, all the money printing and the QE4, which is coming up uh, beginning of next year. Can you explain to people exactly what that's going to be? What are they going to do with QE4? What's the what's the game plan? Well, QE4 is going to be more outright in our faces bond buying purchases. I mean, right now we have a sterilized bond buying purchase program, and that is this Operation Twist, Operation Twist Squared, whatever you want to call it, where you're really just swapping bonds, short-term bonds or long-term bonds. So it's sterilized in that they don't have to, quote-unquote, print money to manipulate interest rates, but that is ending at the end of the year. And they can't extend it much further because they're running out of short-term bonds, from what I understand in my research. Now, so they're going to have to actually start printing more money to buy long-term bonds, and this has to happen. This isn't even speculation because, again, they said, Ben says he's going to keep interest rates low. He can't just say it. He has to get into the market and make it happen by buying long-term bonds, adding to his balance sheet, adding to our debt. It's yeah. an amazing situation. That's, that's how this is going to play out. And there's no other way. It has to happen. You know, so and I think on that, I don't think people get the whole interest rate thing. They hear the Fed sets the rate. And the Fed yeah. can set the rate that the Fed will loan money to the member banks at. The Fed does not set the rate of a U.S. Treasury bond. The market sets the rate of a U.S. Treasury bond. And the only way to suppress that rate is to print money and buy the bonds. That's what you're saying, right? That's exactly what I'm saying. It's incredible. And again, you, you just hit the nail on the head once again. People don't understand it. People just think 
that the Fed can just say things and they just happen. Ben has no magical powers. He can't just say it. He has to make it happen. And how he's going to do that is exactly what you just said. It's crazy. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think the only thing that we can do, like you're saying, we have to put some of our assets into silver and gold. We have to put them in real commodities. And the big thing I've been telling people for years is do not be in the middle of an urban center when this shit goes bad, because that's where it's going to blow up as far as social unrest first. If you look at what's going on in Greece and Spain today, you don't see people marching through the middle of the countryside, right? You see people marching through town squares and larger cities and things like that. And I think the, the the really important part to not you know skip over when you see the footage and look at some alternative medias maybe to see it is the guys in the freaking shock troop suits coming out and clubbing the hell out of people. And, and if that is to me, that's our future. There's there's no way around it. No, there is no way around it. Have you seen some of the uh, the videos on people what's happening to them over there? It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And um, it's it, it, it's it's a big Gestapo. It's, we're seeing this emerge again, and it's going to happen right here in the United States. Uh, we're already seeing increased violence against the people uh, who occupy Wall Street, all kinds of things across the board. And we're not being allowed to see that either. And I think the it's, people are being like acclimated to the violence because, oh, this is just some you know white kid with dreadlock, hippie kid that stinks, hasn't had a bath in three months, that's getting sprayed with pepper spray. Don't worry about it. And then, you know, if we didn't have alternative outlets, we wouldn't see things like, I don't know if you saw this, but a few months ago there was an Occupy demonstration in Los Angeles, and there was footage of a police officer with a canine that sent the canine on a woman holding a baby. I saw that. I did see that. And to me, that guy should... Never, he shouldn't be a mall cop. First, he should go to jail. But when he gets out of jail, this guy should never be responsible for anything more than a couple jelly beans for the rest of his life. And, and what, the, what the people are told is, oh, they're just a bunch of vagrants. They don't really know what they want. Even if that's, that's not the point. It, the point is that there's citizens out there doing whatever they think is right that aren't actually hurting anybody, that are not creating violence. And I think the average person is being conditioned to believe that when people go nuts, the violence will be okay. I think that that's the programming you're trying to do right now. I think you might be right, too. I think you're looking at people, and they're not willing to stand up for themselves anymore. They've gotten beaten down to the point of sheepdom across the board. Uh, and I hope people are waking up. I think they are. I'd like to think they are. Maybe I'm deluded. But I would really like to think people are waking up to what's going on here and uh, every aspect of this whole this financial and economic disaster that we're in and it's going to get progressively worse as we move forward here uh, I don't know it's just very disheartening to me and, and people like you and I are doing all we can I think to try to get this out and I just urge all of your listeners to really make an effort to try to wake people up even if you have to go out of your way at this particular point and if you can't do it you know to one person just move on to someone else because someone else out there will listen to you yeah. And then, then you've made a difference, and hopefully that person will go out and do the same thing, and then this will spread. Yeah, I'm just really, I'm really just hoping that's going to happen here. I, I, I do too, because I think like the biggest fear that I have for people is there's people that really believe that if we just got the right people in office or the right system in place, we can fix this. And I don't think we can fix this without failure first. That the, oh. the, the the obligations, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, foreign debt internal debt are numbers that mathematically do not work. You know, it was like the guy said on the Titanic, it's a mathematical certainty it's going to go down. 
They're, they, 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 I don't care if it's the unsinkable ship. There's a certain volume of the water where it's going to turn and it's going to go. And, and that's where we're at. Like people that think like we can fix Social Security, we can fix We can't fix that stuff. And you got politician A saying we fix it this way and politician B no go, you're evil, we fix it this way. When the reality is we don't fix it, the reset button needs to be hit. But if the people don't control the reset, the people that set up the first system, the second system, the third system, the fourth, fourth system, et cetera, will set the reset button. And, and it's just another tool of control. And as long as we think we can fix it the way it is, we can't be prepared for the failure that has to come. Oh, absolutely. That's absolutely true. And it's, 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 so, it's so crazy to actually think about it. But you're right. We have, the people don't have the control, but they do, they do have a control of their own destiny if they understand what to do at this particular point and not just go down with the Titanic. People can choose right now where they want to be as this unfolds. It's an equation. You can be on the winning side or you can be on the losing side. Most people by far will be on that losing side. Uh, some people are, are, are going to come out of this much better off than they are right now. Um, but just by having a little knowledge of how this is going to play out and how this is going to work. And, and, and some people on the other side uh, who refuse to wake up, refuse to see what's going on, who have their, their faith misplaced, uh, are going to suffer the most. And I feel, I feel very bad for those people. I really do. Yeah, and I mean, this is a Titanic analogy, right? Guys, like, I look at it this way. The nice, big, beautiful lifeboats. You don't get one, right? So it's time to start looking around and turning some tables over and lashing some shit together, right? So you can float when the boat, because the boat's going, and you don't get the big, pretty lifeboat, you know. You get to salvage the remains, and if you wait till it sinks, it's, it's too late. You've got to be doing something now. Well, that's the whole problem. Most people, by far, you know this to be true as well, wait too long for anything. They wait too long to get out of an asset that's dropping. They wait too long to get into an asset that's rising. They don't have the ability to think ahead and say, look at what's going on. Let me put this whole picture together in my head and make this all work and understand how to get myself in the right positions now, not when it's happening, because when it's happening, it's too late. It's got to be done now. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. That and you talk problem. about people holding something too long before they sell it. and you, you know what the excuse is? I've, I've got so much vested in it, now i got to hold it. And my response is always, would you buy it today? No. Then sell that shit. Get rid of it. You know? But people like, like I, I'm already, I've already lost 70 grand on this investment. Well, it, it, it's worth 30 now. Well, you, you really can't lose the, the 30 at this point, you know? Um, and this this rebounding market can only do that so many times, like this yo-yo crap. I, I personally think there is another run in this thing, if they can make it work. And I think they're going to do everything they can. And I think it's the ultimate sucker's run. I think that if they pull off what they're trying to pull off, you're about to see the biggest pump and dump that's ever existed in the history of the, pre, the, the, the world, period. That's exactly what's being set up, too. And the people are going to be fleeced. Some, most people are going to be fleeced by it. I don't know. And the people that are understand how this is going to play out, they're going to be okay. They're going to be okay. I, I would hope they're going to be okay. I mean, but again, it goes back to what are people going to do when they realize that the system is just is over and everything they've had and worked for is not there anymore. I mean, people don't even realize that the money that they think is in their bank account isn't there. 
because of the fractional reserve system, just because it exists on a computer screen that it says, oh, I have $10,000 in this account. It's not there. And, and, when there, and there will be a time, and I'm sure this is coming, where there's going to be bank runs, people are going to be locked out of their money, they're going to have nowhere to go, nowhere to turn, and, and that's when people are really going to start uh yeah, I completely. There'll be times where they shut down trading. It's fallen too fast. Bank holiday. All that crap is coming because it's the only thing that they'll be able to do to buy time to put their new apparatus in place. And I think that this is much scarier for somebody that's 70 than somebody that's 17 right now. Because yeah. the, 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 the young person is going to have an opportunity in some way, shape, or form to adapt to this new system. And I, I, one of the things I see happening in the future is a lot more multi-generational homes coming back into existence where grandma's going to be living with, with, uh, with the kids, you know. I, I just see that having, it's already started to happen a little bit, but I see it happening in spades. And then we end up with a whole bunch of empty real estate and what are we going to do with that? And, you know, it's going to be up to society to figure out things like we need to produce food in America again, uh, not biofuel with corn that's, you know, been, put 30 different stacks of fake genes into it and what have you. But uh, I, I do think all of this is coming, and I don't like to be negative, right? I, I don't like to talk about this stuff, really, but I feel like it's the only thing we can do for people right now is to tell them this is a mathematical certainty that neither you nor I can tell them exactly what it will look like, but we can tell them that there's certain components that have to play out. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. And I, I love your message. You're 100% perfectly on target. Anyways. Well, you know, I found you on YouTube, Greg. And yeah. when I started listening to you, like I told you initially when I got you on the first time, I got to get this guy on. Because you're dissecting it into a common man's language. And I really recommend that everybody subscribe to your blog, your channel, and what have you. So you want to tell everybody how they can do that? Oh, yeah, very simply. Um, just GregoryManarino.com. Or you can just put my name into Google. I'm sure you'll find me. Um, on YouTube is um, Market uh, Report, Gregory Manorino Market Report. You just put in Market Report, one word. Um, uh, my book, you just put in The Politics of Money. You can find me in many ways online. And I, I really do hope that people pay more attention to you and, uh, and, and other people out there uh, that are trying to get this message across. It's just so important, Jack. It is just the most important thing. I can't think of one thing that's more important than that. To try to get more people to understand what's going on. And I think the reason it's so important is because it's, it's going to happen. Like you said, I, I try not to act like I'm Nostradamus or some shit. I can tell you exactly how it's going to happen because I can't or I can tell you exactly when. But I know this is something we must contend with and I know it's going to hurt the people that can least afford to be hurt. It's going to hurt the most. Exactly. There is the biggest problem. Absolutely. Well, man, thanks for being on the show with, with us again and anytime you want to come back, just let me know. Oh, I'd love to. Why don't we do something like this even once a month to keep people abreast of what's happening? Happy to do it. Happy to do it. And, folks, with that, this has been Jack Spierko today along with Gregory Manorino. Helping you figure out how to live that better life if times get tough, or even if they don't. There's nothing I can do It's the price we pay, I guess When we follow all the rules There's a better way to do this 
Yeah.